Hey, Hello. Mel, how's it going? It's going well. I'm glad to be here. Lots of going on in the world, chaos everywhere, but uh, glad to be with you, sir. Indeed. I've just watched The Sound of Freedom, and I was absolutely gripped from the beginning, but in a stomach-churning way. Um, the woman that went to watch it with me, 30 minutes in, she stood up and said, I can't watch this anymore. I can't stomach it anymore. But she was kind of frozen, and then she sat back down and she said, but I can't stop watching it. What kind of an effect has it had on you, Mel? Um, well, I actually first saw it three years ago um, with the filmmakers when they were trying to block it to come at, from coming out. And uh, a lot of people know that watch my show that I had a horrible experience very early when I was very young in Hollywood myself, uh, dealing with these kind of people that are predators, elite predators um, that... Um, basically have no respect for human life and uh, they treat people like products and do not have any uh, remorse. So I was very happy to see it. I was a little surprised that people weren't putting together, you know, all the different pieces of the project, because for me, I, in my own experience, a big part of that was how they lure people in, how they lure in parents and children uh, in Hollywood myself, my own horrible experience. But, you know, basically taking your talent or your desire to be a model or a singer or an actor or something like that, and they know full well what they're doing. They're pulling you in. And once they get you in, then it's kind of too late. And, and that's really what that showed. I thought it was really important for parents to understand that all these competitions out there and these modeling groups and these, oh, your kid's so talented and all of that is usually a red flag. That's really not how the world works. Mel, so just to recap then for the viewers who are not familiar with your story, could you just firstly just, you know, say what who you are, what your mission is, and then perhaps we could talk about how they did reel you guys in. Yeah. Um, well, I am a, uh, I was a, um, I'm from, obviously, I'm from Philadelphia, but I went to NYU. I, I studied film. I was a filmmaker, a dramatic screenwriter. Uh, I also uh, dabbled in acting and, and uh, comedy and all of that. I actually had come across a lot of these people. I started very young in, in New York City. Um, I moved to Hollywood in my very early 20s. And um, shortly after that, I, I had a little bit of success, very young, the agent, the manager, the whole thing. And uh, my story is that at some point I got offered a project under false pretenses by a huge studio. Um, you know, they pick you up six in the morning. They take you to a set. They tell you, uh, you know, here's the wardrobe. Here's this. And you're thinking, what is going on here? And next thing you know, you feel like you're being assaulted. You feel like this isn't what I signed up for. And they sit you in a room and they yell in your face that you will never work again. Get back on that set. You are not. Um, you will never work for this. It's a big, huge company that I was dealing with and Sex in the City was their big show. So it was like, well, this is no different than that. And I'm just being like, yes, it is different than that. You know, you'll go back out there. You'll never work again in the business. You'll never do this and that and the other thing. And at that point, you know, you're all crying and everything, you know, take this, the anti-deflammatory. I mean, there's thousands of people have this story. Uh, you know, if you get big enough in the industry, You'll have an agent or manager or a lawyer that can go clean up the mess. But, you know, after that experience, you know, then you are just demoralized, dehumanized. Somebody has that footage. You have no control over it. It doesn't matter what I signed and, uh, and, and thousands of people. And it was a real low after it took me many years to really get over that. And then, you know, later in life, there's the dark web that didn't exist at all. And I've dealt over the years with hundreds of women that have come to me that have that story. And what's really scary now 
is that now women go and they pursue that because when I was, when that was, you know, 22 years ago for me, well, there was no internet, there was no Facebook, none of that existed. Now these girls have been lured in over all these years uh, through all their famous stars that have, this has happened to them, believe me, um, that they now go out to OnlyFans or they go and they send videos or they do this nude modeling on, um, on, on camera for money. They don't understand that when they're 45, 50, when they have kids, the web is still going to have it there. And, and, and this is a problem. And I've had many people since Sound of Freedom come out because they know that I'm a big advocate for people that were sexually assaulted, especially in Hollywood, um, that are re-traumatized by this and how, how this project is also causing so much controversy. And, and a lot of people are wondering, where is the, what happens after the rescue? Because that's what we need to know. Oh, no. Yeah, you're fine. Keep going. Oh, you're okay. Fine. Oh, I thought the screen went off. Okay. And um, and basically where I am now is that I um, I have been dealing with people all week. I don't know what's happening here. I've been dealing yeah, you're with- Yeah, you fine. We can, we can hear you. Keep going. Okay. I have been dealing with people since this came out that have gotten to me, the, that have gotten to me and told me basically that, you know, they're re-traumatized by this and they want to know where the recovery side of this is. And they don't realize that, um, oh, I'm back. And they don't realize that, um, you know, these people are real, that this story might be a story, but uh, the real story is the decades of recovery and uh, paying for it and everything else that is um, part of it. So, you know, we are in a place right now where this is coming to light, but we really have to understand that the porn industry and the um, sexual assault you know, all of this stuff is very insidious and it's gotten to a point where they've normalized it and, and it is a weapon and it is not what people think. And, and that's why I, I am very happy about this movie coming out. But I hope people see the parallels to many of the things that you've reported over the last 10 years, because there's many scenes in that movie that people better look at and understand are way more than they think. Well said, Mel, and we salute your mission statement Going back to your story, because you, you, you gave an introduction to it, uh, we're, we're going to go about it triggering you uh, later on. You know, how, yeah. how long did that horrific stuff happen to you? When did you get out of it? How, do, how were you extricated from the situation? Well, basically, um, that was just one day. It was a, a big network that, uh, you know, the biggest shows were Sopranos, Sex in the City. You're thinking, okay, mm-hmm. well, you know, I just got off this movie, that movie. Your agent's like, well, you know, it's the new Sex in the City. You know, this show's not out yet, whatever. And you're thinking, oh, well, and you read the script. There's no sex in that script. You know what I mean? You don't know that. You're 20 years old. You're thinking, okay, great. You know, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall can do it. I can do it. And uh, next thing you know, you're picked up. You're in a van. You're taken somewhere to a, a soundstage. And you walk in there and you know, you know immediately this is not a good situation. And, you know, even the actor that was also brought in, we both looked at each other and thought, oh my God. And then what happens, what a lot of people don't know about sex scenes, nude scenes, whatever, there's many people on the set, first of all. And then there's like a choreographer. So it's like, it's very dehumanizing. And and especially for somebody that didn't expect this. And I had signed all kinds of stuff. So you're thinking, well, this isn't allowed. And of course you're you're clothed from the waist down, but that's not how they shoot it. And then, you know, I, I personally felt like I was assaulted on that set. And, uh, of course, that's what they then have for their footage. 
But then I ran off and I, I was crying and I was hysterical. And the producer literally came to my face and said, you better get back on the set or you will never work again. You will never work for this company or any other subsidiaries, which is some of the biggest studios. You will have to pay back the money that it cost to, to, to shoot this episode because you were the guest star in the episode, which was a quirky, the, the comedy was like a quirky thing that sounded like a Sarah, Sandra Bullock script. And on top of that, that I would also have to, my agent, I call my agent, he will drop me and I'd have to pay what I was being paid to him. And, and then after that, you know, the makeup artist is so nice and like, don't worry about it. You just go back on, you do what you can, just, just finish the day, you'll be fine. Uh, gives me, you know, anti-inflammatories for my eyes, you know, and you're there, you're alone. And uh, after that, I really was like a zombie, I have to tell you. And um, there was no internet at the time. I had a lawyer get involved after. Nothing they would do. They would change my name, right? Um, but they wouldn't get rid of the episode. Um, at the end of the day, uh, they didn't change my name. And uh, and I was 22 years old. And that uh, haunted me for the rest of my life. And, and the truth of the matter is I've been very successful in other ways. I've written seven screenplays. I've done plenty of work outside of it. But... Every once in a while, because of the dark web or anything else, you know, people come around. This was five hours of my life when I was 22 years old that will never go away. And this is why I, a lot of parents that I tell my story to send their children who are doing OnlyFans or who are sending sex tapes or being filmed as, you know, these, these, uh, behind, they don't know who they're sending this stuff to, but it's even worse when it is on a Hollywood set. And I assure you, most actresses that are famous now have a story just like mine, okay? Because it is part of some kind of grooming process. But that day I left there, I almost literally killed myself. I just like basically around the clock was in bed drinking. I, I mean, it was devastating because I actually did go to NYU. I did study. I, I, it took me 22 years to pay off those loans. And in one day I felt like it was all destroyed. And um, so basically I spent my entire life overdoing it, proving myself in every way. I'm involved in a lot of projects, but um, my mission has been, and I started, the Mel K show evolved into something else, but I really started it because in my later years, because of uh, what I did do and kept going, I started to see, um, you know, things with children that you've talked about on this show. I know people who've gone to islands. I am very aware of a lot of stuff that's gone on. Many things that you've reported, I can confirm from firsthand experience. And uh, the big thing was that a lot of people, because I was honest about it and tried to fight back, though unsuccessfully, people would seek me out. Um, me, uh, Kathy O'Brien, as somebody else, too, that people seek out um, when this happens to them, especially when it happens to their daughters and, uh, and sons, unfortunately. Uh, that is a case, too. So for me, um, I hope Sound of Freedom opens the door. But I really hope people understand that the, the industry is insidious. And then when Hollywood gets its hands on it, you know, you go on that set, somebody has that footage and a lot of actresses and actors later in life uh, are surprised with an email or a text message with a picture of them when they were a child and abused uh, and taken advantage of. And we really have to fight back about this on a major scale. You know, we all know about the child stuff that is placed uh, to blackmail people and bribe people, but that child exists and is still out there. And uh, that's that's a big thing we have to remember is that every single time that that stuff is viewed, that person is re-traumatized and re-victimized. And um, 
the big, big focus should be on not just stopping that, but helping the people heal. Cause I'm telling you, it's a lifelong process, even at as recently as doing the Mel K show, you know, it'll come back to haunt me, but I know that my mission is transparency, truth, and helping people heal. And also, you know, I feel like my country is as sick as its secrets and it's, it's time for those secrets to be revealed. And uh, that's how I feel about recovery and everything else. Well said. So are, were any of these perpetrators across the industry ever put in prison? For example, Harvey Weinstein, would he have been engaged in this kind of activity? A hundred percent. And I, I, you know, there's stories about Weinstein. I met with him at a hotel once, you know, I mean, Did it's, you? It's, yeah. And it's normal. Oh God, like I've, that. Not, I've, not, I've not heard this one, Mel. What, what happened with Weinstein? Oh yeah. A, a bunch of people. We were at the Polo Lounge in, in Beverly Hills. It wasn't abnormal. People have to understand this wasn't abnormal. I know people who've gone to said island. You know, I know that this is real. And and that's that's the truth. And people can look at something, you know, from when I was a child. They don't know what I, you know, in those years later, it really became, I wasn't afraid of anyone. You know, so when I would see things happening, I would be one of the people that would call it out. But I've been in many situations with many Harvey Weinsteins, you know, and, and, he, I feel like, honestly, if you saw She Said, the movie, I feel like that was a straight-up whitewash of what really goes on. And uh, and the truth of the matter is that it is a predator-prey atmosphere out there. And um, like I said, uh, every single actress that has made it, most of them have an experience like this. And it is all over their head at all times for their whole lives hoping and praying that it never comes out. And there was a real normalization, as we all know, in the early 2000s, especially when the Paris Hilton and, and uh, Kardashian and uh, Lohan and all that stuff was happening with those girls. And they were making it like like these girls, like that was their lifestyle. I, I beg to differ. I, I think that there was a, a mass grooming process going on for all people out of Hollywood that was happening and, and what I also know is that it really affected young men, young actors. Were pre- there were way more predators, I believe, going after young male actors. So, you know, in my experience, it's just people have to take a step back and understand that, you know, what you see eventually is, is usually not what happened, but that most people are not interested in doing this. And when they show up, it's often under false pretenses. Now, there are people, obviously, that go do Playboy or go into porn and all of that. But you know what? Those people, too, a lot of times uh, need compassion and healing and do eventually come out of that. But, you know, we really have to be aware that this is real and anyone out there in the media or elsewise that is acting as if it is not uh, really should be looked at because everyone in Hollywood, I'm telling you right now, I was to every award show for 12 years. I, I know lots of people. There are a lot of people that are right now. And I believe for the last three years have been terribly scared that they'd get a knock on their door because they are guilty and they are out there. And I keep, I see them all the time. And the truth of the matter is I believe that uh, the time's up. And I think Sound of Freedom is the beginning of the end for the predatory class, especially in Hollywood and and in the Hollywoods around the world. Good. That's what we want. And you've got a question from Sean College. And viewers, if you've got a question from LK, wherever you're watching this in the world, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, put them in the chat and it'll come up on my screen. So Sean has said, Mel, Hollywood recently stated they are on strike, but we know that is BS. What's your, um, but what's your knowing of the statements? 
Well, I'm I'm in those unions. So uh, what I will tell you is that, first of all, there is something uh, odd going on with the timing of these strikes because uh, Hollywood lost a ton of uh, money during COVID. And then I also happen to know that the CCP put a lot of money into not just agencies and studios, but production companies. What I'm told is that the CCP took their money out of Hollywood. Too. So there's a huge financial problem going on there. A lot of people do not know about the CCP's interactions with Hollywood over the last decade and a half as well, and the influence they've had uh, in terms of infiltrating culture as well. But on top of that, um, what is going on, I believe, is that the AI and technology uh, that is uh, very seriously working towards replacing um, a lot of different arts, um, a lot of the actors are not fully aware that um, AI and a lot of the big agencies, the big ones that I, I, I call out a lot, um, they are making deals with AI companies to take uh, through the web, through scraping on the web and stuff, to take images and likenesses of famous and unfamous and, and basically doing away with extras and one-line roles and all of that and doing everything through AI and CGI. But also at that point, they would really not need actors and only the actors that you already know will be fed into this AI. So they're not doing anything with that. And then the whole advent of streaming has be, it treats basically writers and, and writing is not, you can't, when people say, Oh, I'll just act or I'll just write. These are crafts for the real artists. These are crafts that take decades. You know, uh, there's all these new programs that came up during the BLM LGBTQ plus movement in Hollywood about 10 years ago that has now taken over the planet. But when that was starting, there were small programs, but usually it takes 10, 12 years to make it in any discipline, directing, acting, writing. So what they're talking about is basically eliminating that process and uh, streamlining it and um, getting rid of, of that to a certain extent. I fully believe that God gives talent and that talent can never be replaced by anything, including AI. So I think that it's kind of a scare and we need to learn how to use AI for our benefit. But I do believe that the predatory class that only cares about money, power, uh, wants to replace the human element in Hollywood uh, for control. And um, and that is scary. And, and sell the likenesses of people. Agents have been asking uh, big actors to um, make, make um, what I'm told is vaults. AI vaults of their likenesses and voices so that when they do commercials, say for a brand of coffee in Italy, you know, many actors do that for money or a, a perfume ad in China, they don't even have to show up. <laughs> so at what point uh, is that, is that completely, it's just ungodly soulless and, you know, heading more throwing out the arts that aren't already consumed by the devil totally at them, you know? Sinead wants to know, are they getting rid of the badness, Mel? Yeah, I believe so. I think that um, for at least what I know, a lot of people um, behind the scenes have been on the run. You notice people that are no longer in the press or showing up at award shows and all of that that have uh, made alternative plans. I believe some people have even been taken down that you haven't seen. There have also been quite a few suicides in Hollywood that aren't reported that are totally connected to everything that we talk that you talk about for years that I believe are fully connected to all of that. Um, and I do believe also, you know, the biggest thing in Hollywood, which also was a problem, Sound of Freedom or a few films that I've worked on that have tried to tell the truth about history or CIA operations or whatever, is distribution. 
It is the, is it the stranglehold of distribution, but because of shows like yours and other shows that have continued on and found ways to continue to speak the truth and tell the truth that is also happening for film and TV and music and everything. So what we are seeing is a decentralization and a taking away of the powers by the elite oligarch billionaire class that is running everything on this planet right now and putting it in the hands of the people. I know that some of these models that are coming up, I know Mike Smith from Out of Shadows is creating one. I know, you know, Angel Studios has one. There's many others, Kevin Sorbo. There's a lot of people that have been blacklisted from Hollywood, my good friend Roseanne, that are just done with it. They're going to just make their own stuff and they're going to find their own distribution channels. And you know what? If they get taken down because of the resilience of people like you and others, they're going to find another way to get it out there. And I believe that there's more hunger for truth honesty, redemption, and good stories about good humanity and bettering ourselves than there are not. And they're going to get out there one way or another and replace the model that they have. Claudia's asked whether you know anything about the rap community as part of Sleaze. Yeah, it's a huge problem there. Uh, I am not in that community, but I do know people that are and have been caught up in it. Um, a lot of people see the tattoos. Just look for the tattoos. I mean, listen, uh, everyone knows LeBron James prays to Satan before every game and the entire stadium of the Lakers fans cheer it on. So, you know, there's a humiliation ritual aspect to a lot of what happened, even with me, but with ha what happens to people in Hollywood, in music, in these videos. You think that these people are doing this because, you know, we've seen all the satanic stuff at the award shows or the, the blood sneakers are a lot of these people are going, being put through humiliation rituals, which is very, very sick, but it is part of the control mechanism. A lot of these people also, um, I have to tell you again, like I said, early on, their parents are, are, are schmooze. They're brought into it a big way that they control people in Hollywood, especially in both music and, and for big celebrities, is they get to the family members. So they're not just funding the, the actor or actress or musician or rap star, they also get to the family. So now they're su financially supporting the family members and then they're financially supporting this person. And then they have 10 people handlers around them. And any single one of those people can be triggered at any time or cut off or whatever. I mean, it is, it's a spider web. And if you get caught in that spider web and, and you try to fight back, like I once did as a, as a naive kid thinking they can't do this to me, uh, you will be <laughs> humiliated if not destroyed. And I, I just want people to know there are the whole Me Too movement. God bless Rose McGowan. She's a true victim. But that movement was hijacked uh, by people that work at CAA and, uh, and, and something called Time's Up. And, um, and it was taken. And then all these people that have won Oscars and worked for decades with Weinstein and a lot of the worst predators that people do not know behind the scenes were then lauded as the Time's Up women. And going out there, I will tell you, as being somebody who also went through recovery in Hollywood, uh, that there are way more suicides and alcoholics and drug addicts that come out of this world than people can ever imagine. Uh, I am lucky to have gotten out alive and, and have created a life for myself and had 17 years of success after. But I will tell you, that is not normal. And the failure rate in Hollywood, I would say, is 97 percent. So uh, people have to really understand. And if we if we decentralize it, if we keep pushing and if we keep making films like Sound of Freedom and and there's many other ones coming out or um, Out of Shadows even should have gone that route. They didn't believe that they could do that at the time. And I believe Mike has a new movie coming out that will. 
go that route. But we have to support independent filmmakers, independent musicians, independent artists, because the cancel culture can't work if the people show up. And uh, that is their power is distribution. And uh, we all have to support and uh, help fund and finance and find and promote projects that are for the good of mankind. Because when I went into filmmaking and going to NYU as a kid, all I wanted to do was make movies. But I wanted to make movies that after that movie ended, people sat there for five minutes speechless and it changed their thinking about something important or changed them. And I think there's a lot more artists out there that would prefer to do that. Mel, when you met Weinstein then, was it obvious what he was up to? Did he say anything untoward to you or did you see him doing no. anything vile? No, because I honestly, the truth is, even though that happened to me on that set that one day, and we're talking about five hours of my life, the rest of my life had nothing to do with that. And until the dark web and the web showed up years later, you know, I kind of just acted like it didn't happen. Then you had to really deal with the trauma. But um, no. And I was lucky. One of the people that did help me a lot in my career in, in New York and then later in L.A. was a big executive at a studio that was a friend of mine that had seen me in a play on broad off Broadway when I was at college and kind of championed me along the way. Well, he these I feel like he protected me from these people. So they knew that I was friends with this one man that was very is still very powerful and. I never had that experience, but I had met all these people and they they all were very nice to me. Like I said, I was invited every year basically to the Golden Globes parties and Vanity Fair parties. And, and I lived in that world. So uh, I was also with for many, many years, a very famous person myself. So I never had that, but I knew it. Everyone knew what, what happens. Everyone knows about, well, don't, I'll, you know, forget meeting me in the lobby at the Four Seasons. Just come to my suite. It's, it'll be more intimate. We can really talk <laughs> and what happens there. But I will tell you, as, as somebody who, who was naive at the time, uh, a 20-year-old, 22-year-old, 24-year-old actress with no, no support system, a, a shady agent that just wants to make money and sell people like a stockbroker uh, is going to encourage you to do that. And, and, you know, and I have to tell you something, which a lot of people will not admit because of this whole Me Too thing was, was hijacked and the whole Believe All Women I, I firmly know this to be true, that the women in Hollywood that are very powerful are as bad, if not worse, and, and terrible to other women and set this stuff up and set up women. And it, it is an insidious and it's a very small group at the very top, but it includes a lot of women. I have been privy to witches covens of very famous women in Hollywood. So the whole model is a lie. And, 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 you know, and it's the power to the people and to God and to people out there to be very honest with what they are paying for and to stop paying for it. And, and I will say again, there are a lot of very good people in that industry, but a lot of very good people put up with a lot of evil because they just turn the other cheek or look the other way. The same reason I did, because they just want to work. Which brings me back to Sound of Freedom. Look at the role of the model wasn't she like a beauty uh, queen winner or something that the woman in Colombia who enticed, the, you know, the kids? Yeah, I believe in real life she was a uh, Miss um, Guadalajara somewhere. She was she was a, a beauty queen. That's a true story that she was a beauty queen in real life. And this happened to me very young in New York City. Uh, when I was very young and I was uh, in, in school and I was studying and I was also at the time attempting to be a stand-up comedian. But, uh, you know, around 19, 20, people are coming up to you on the street like, 
they want to set you up for a photo shoot or, or, you know, I want to do a screen test and, and you're, you're, you're even saying to your mom, Oh, your daughter's this or your son's that. And, and really entice that happened to me. It happens to millions of people all over the world. These competitions are not in America. I mean, Disney, um, you know, uh, what's it called? Um, America's Got Talent, whatever. You see these things, whether it's those companies or not, those kind of talent competitions are everywhere on planet Earth. And a lot of times they are this kind of situation where they are sucking people in or sucking in parents. Uh, and, you know, that was the hard thing at the end when I decided that I had to get out of there uh, because it was what was very covert in Hollywood around 2003, 2004 became very overt. But you, you can only see so many young children with their managers at uh, parties in the Hollywood Hills, especially before the, you know, cell phones are working up there and not realize that it has gone full satanic or demonic. You know, there was whole things. I know you've done shows on it, but there were people that worked at these networks that were putting out shows for children that were the worst predators of them all. And these young girls that are on these shows on these networks, uh, you know, that have big backing by big studios were terribly abused. I mean, terribly. I know one for sure that's openly talked about it and now, you know, has embraced this lifestyle as Bella Thorne. Uh, you think her story's, you know, not common? That's how it happens. And sadly enough, a lot of parents are, are you know, whether they're involved or not, they are deceived into allowing it to happen and then hand over their child to a so-called manager or agent and don't realize, you know, that kid's never coming back the same. I just want to clarify this for the viewers then. So the character in The Sound of Freedom is called Gazelle. She's based on a real person named Kelly Johanna Suarez. And in 2014, Operation Underground Railroad conducted its biggest rescue operation, Operation Triple Take, with three takedowns in three different Colombian cities to rescue these victims. Along with 123 survivors, 20 were arrested and now face charges for the heinous crimes. One of them was Kelly Johanna Suarez, a former beauty pageant queen right. and professional model in her early 20s known as Miss Cartagena. Her credentials and reputation in her hometown of Obrero, a poor neighborhood in the south of Cartagena, made her an effective recruiter of young girls and boys. Not only was she a successful model, but she also appeared in a music video for a 20-time Latin Grammy award-winning Colombian musician, which further boosted her status. Her trusted role as a leader in her impoverished community was also gained through her former beauty pageant experience and social work studies at Colegio Mayor de Bolivar. Any thoughts on that while I change my camera battery? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my thoughts on that are, don't forget, and we know this, you and I, from our experiences in the past, uh, a lot of times the victims become the predators. A lot of times the uh, people that were sucked into this world are the people that um, then go out and recruit other people. You know, I, uh, I've done a lot of work since 2008 on the case in Palm Beach, because that's where my, my parents are, and I, I lived down here on and off for decades. Uh, I know some of those girls and, and they didn't even necessarily think that they were doing something wrong at first that became the recruiters. But this is very common. And, and I want to say something and people have to understand this is very common for men, too. I, I know and I, I'm not going to say who they are, but both of them are dead. 
but I know too, and not suicides, dead by their own overdose or their own suicide, not suicided like other people, two big, huge rock stars in Hollywood that ended up dying very young, incredibly talented people that were totally raped and passed around Hollywood uh, in the early years when, uh, when they were found, uh, one in Seattle and, and one elsewhere. And these were, you know, then they were portrayed as total drug addicts and alcoholics, as many women that go through that are. And that's not what happened. They couldn't deal. And then they self-medicate. And um, somebody like this woman is very typical. That's some. That's who recruits you. That's who comes up to you on the street and says, oh, you got to come up for a photo shoot. You got such a good look. You're the perfect size, this and that. Or you have such a good voice, you know, or whatever. And, you know, they hand you off and you think they're your friend. Just like I said, on the set I was on, uh, and I know that this is very common. The makeup artist becomes your friend right away when you realize you are on a set that you do not belong on, that this is not what was pitched to you by your agent. This is not what you signed up for. Uh, and then you're being threatened and you're crying and you're, this is very common. I, I've heard hundreds of stories, but then the makeup artist is your friend, you know, and like, you know, it just calm down. You know, you sign something, they're, they're going to cut it, you know, da, da, da. let me, this is how it happens. Don't worry. Uh, let me give you something. Because so, for your anti-inflammatory, your eyes are all swollen. We want you to at least look good. You know, you got to finish. You signed a contract. I'm your friend. Well, whatever I took was not an anti-inflammatory. So, you you know, this is those are the predators. That makeup artist on that set was in on it, you know, and, and that's what you have to know. And the one thing I do want to say to everyone, because I didn't feel I could at the time, you can leave. OK, because they will tell you you can't leave. Or they're going to go after you. You'll never work again. You'll have to pay us. We're going to sue you for hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, you're, you can leave. The one regret I will always have all my life is that I did not leave. I didn't know where I was, but I could have, I wish I had had the strength and ability and, and didn't take anything and walked out that door. I didn't. And people have to trust their guts. But I am warning everyone now, if you have children doing only fans or this model sexual modeling or are doing things on the internet that footage is forever and you will someday face that again and you will be re-traumatized and people will not care what happened to you they will invent what happened to you and and that is my mission now is to make people understand that this is not a victimless crime and that the, usually the one victimizing the person is themselves and they don't even know it and it's, it's really, really, and it's a huge billion dollar business, just like everything else. And uh, I just really hope that people understand Sound of Freedom has to be the beginning. It can't just be a movie. It has to be and enough is enough on many levels, especially in saving and, and also understanding victims long uh, healing process on any level of any kind of uh, sexual work or exploitation or assault It is a lifelong process. And we really need to end it as a society. Yeah, watching The Sound of Freedom, by the end of it, it maybe just want to get out there and, and be like out there taking <laughs> some of these vile individuals down. It's a real inspirational, you know, like a call to action way, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, 100%. And I have to tell you, there are heroes. And I've, I've been lucky enough to have been in many rooms, especially in the years in Hollywood, in recovery rooms, uh, with people who not only... their It's just like you know from your own experience. Like our stories sound bad. But nothing compared to, I mean, there's horror stories. I just want people to know that everyone can heal no matter what happened and come out of it better, stronger, braver, with their head held high, knowing that 
you know, it, it does make you stronger and, and that you can survive anything. And, and a lot of times people look at people like this, that they're damaged goods, you know, that that is a big problem. You know, people say that they don't have the bias or whatever, um, especially if it's like somebody who was, who was sucked into porn for years or couldn't get out of being an escort or couldn't get out of being, and that's male and female, or we're doing all kinds of, you know, playboy or whatever. And, and that's what was presented of them. And that's not who they are. And they betrayed themselves and everything. There is so much healing and so much love and so many survivors. And, and the survivors need to be able to speak out and to help other survivors, because just like recovering from drugs or alcohol or, you know, what, gambling or whatever, the best person to help you heal is somebody who healed themselves. And, and I think that's really, really important to understand that uh, very few people that are in these situations walked into it eyes wide open. And uh, but uh, we really, really have to uh, champion um, the aftermath. A lot of people do come and find God or find Jesus or find, you know, whatever it is that takes them to a new place. But um, healing is so possible and honestly surpassing who you were before because of the experience. I've seen it happen hundreds of times and uh, people come out of these horrible situations and exploitation and self-loathing and self-worth, uh, total champions, not just for themselves, but for others. So I, I think we have to understand all those children that were rescued. They start a long journey of recovery and healing and justice, but some of them end up being the biggest champions for others. Yeah, the adults who manipulate young people into these situations need to have extremely long sentences, which is something we're campaigning for. And the men should have the cojones cut off or chemically I adjusted, I think. Um, have you had any correspondence with Tim Ballard or interviewed him? Uh, I've, I've had correspondence with him. I've known Jim for many years as well. And um, I do not know. I, I'm, I'm friends with a couple people over there. I have not, since this uh, uh, Angel Studios publicity situation, I really kind of taken a step back because, you know, I, I knew Jim and I, and we were, were friends. So I just was happy for him that he finally got out there because uh, the persecution of Jim Caviezel was like nothing I had ever seen and knowing him personally uh, and hearing the pain and everything that he went through uh, for just trying to shine a light on something and how he was per perceived. And uh, again, he's not, not used to it because uh, after passion of the Christ, there was a similar attack but um you know i'm just very happy for jim especially uh because he's a phenomenal actor and a very good person and um that is what i know and and a good friend so um you know i i don't know G tim very well but it does appear that um these guys are getting a lot of um publicity and 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 talking about this issue and I, that is a really good thing because i did watch um hollywood try to smush and trash and and destroy this movie and make it never come out. And there's other things out there and they're coming and, and they're not going to be able to stop it because of us, because of people like you that are shining a light on it. Well, I watched him do some interviews recently and there was something he said that broke my heart, almost brought tears to my eyes. He, he mentioned about every time he watched one of these videos that was he was assigned to watch so he could arrest the people watching them it seared a hole in his brain and he had over a thousand holes in his brain but there was one in particular he watched this child and during the act it was it looked like the child's body broke in half and i, I just oh my god i just even just saying that right now it's it's just yeah yeah it's a it's you horrific know, isn't it 
Yeah, you know, uh, Mike Smith has has a similar story from Out of Shadows about a therapist that told him that that's what she does for a living is heal children in Hollywood that have been so badly assaulted that their bodies are are mangled. Um, Yeah, and you really have to understand this. I do see people saying, you know, uh, different things about these guys, but I've talked to a couple of them that have gone on these... um, these missions and not just from uh, this, this time period. Uh, I've been working also with Kathy O'Brien and, and other people uh, and talked to many, many people who do this kind of work. Uh, a good friend of mine um, did a documentary or she went to, you know, they have these area, these islands, but also other places. There's a whole tourism industry based around this. You know, what you see in the movie on that Island is an industry you know, and, and this is a, a something people need to look at, uh, especially really in Indonesia, Thailand, on all those islands. Uh, there's a great, uh, Corey's Diggs has a great piece on um, uh, the islands that are all connected down there. It's not necessarily connected to this, but I would say that it is connected to this if you know what's going on on that chain of islands, Haiti and, uh, and um, you know, Dominican Republic and all of that. And there is a, there. listen, if there was not a, a market for it, it wouldn't be happening. So, you know, we have to also remember that is really, really important. And the other thing is, if you see somebody that you think might be a victim, don't not do anything. Like, don't not do anything. And you know what? I know a lot of people are having problems with the the, the hotline number. I've, I Before my YouTube was was purged <laughs> a, a few years ago, I did a whole show on that on that group and the international group and the and the Polaris and all of that and the Kane Institute and all, all this different stuff. It's all very you can dive into it, whatever. What I've always been told is that find the local task force with your local sheriff. Yes, a lot of people, especially I found this in West Hollywood and other places, there are people in law enforcement that unfortunately are are in on it or paid off or whatever. But there are a lot of good people out there that are working these cases. And um, if you see something that you think is wrong or you think a woman is being trafficked or a child is being trafficked, especially with what's going on in America, we have, they say 85,000. I'm hearing about 300,000 unaccompanied minors have been sucked into the interior of America and are not being tracked and traced. Uh, And people act like this isn't real. Well, we all went through the Boston scandal with the priest back in when the movie Spotlight was made about it. This isn't new that the cases, you know, um, Boy Scouts of America have paid $850 million uh, for this kind of stuff. So if you are out there and you, you this movie moved you, start looking for local groups. Uh, there really, really needs to be investment and funding for uh, healing and recovery centers for these children and women and men that are sucked into this hellish world uh, that they feel like they can't get out of. And once they're in it, like I was threatened just in one day, there are people that are threatened all day, every day for years and can't get out. Just the R Kelly story alone should tell you all you need to know. Who do you think, you know what I mean? Like there's so much out there like this to even deny that it's true. But I would say um, for just to clarify my, my, what I've always been told by victims and survivors and people even in, 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 in the industry, Hollywood or, or music or film or whatever, modeling is go to local law enforcement, especially your local sheriff and find the task force. Cause those people that work on those task force have similar stories to Tim Ballard watching that stuff and have dealt with it. Um, I just had on Victor Avila who was uh, a border patrol agent. He saved many, many people down there. So, uh, you know, everyone can do their part. People shouldn't be asking what can I do? They should be seeking out what they actually can do locally. Cause there's a lot that needs to be done. 
You're getting asked by Gene Thornton if you know anything about actors getting cloned. No, I've heard that story. If if the people that, that they say are cloned are cloned, well, I've seen some of them and they are excellent clones. So <laughs> in my opinion, I know nothing about that. If that I wouldn't be surprised because people are in, truly insane to the level of, you know, the transhuman stuff. So uh, I, I've never seen that. And if I have ever dealt with clones, I didn't know it. And they're excellent clones then. Alana has asked, what about the school for girls that Oprah started in Africa where girls went pregnant and missing and they ended up tearing the school down? Um, well, you know, there's been a lot dug into that. The biggest problem for me with Oprah is her relationship to John of God. Uh, I hope people know that when um, Lula and all that happened and they let people out in Brazil, John of God was was let out, but he was just recently rearrested. Thank God. Uh, but these baby making farms is a giant business. Uh, you know, I, I would say look into some of these uh, actors and actresses who have gotten children, uh, you know, out of these baby making uh, operations. Um, uh, for me, I, I don't know. I know Oprah is very open about her own abuse. Uh, and like I said, I don't I don't know, but I do know that there is a real concern about her relationship and her promotion of John of God and other things over the years. Uh, nobody has ever asked her about it. Nobody's ever asked the Clintons about anything having to do with anything from Mena, Arkansas, all the way to, you know, their relationships with the people that have passed away in the last three, five years. So, you know, we're dealing with a group of people that seem untouchable, that are all seem to travel in the same circle. So I certainly think people should be asking questions. Yeah, I can't elaborate on that, but the viewers can find my book, Clinton, Bush and CIA Conspiracies. All right. So the Blue Nomad has asked, can you ask Mel more about the coven based powerful women of Hollywood setting up women to fail? Is that like with Evan, Rachel Wood type cases? Yeah. It is like that. And, you know, whatever they want to say about the man that did that to her or, or any of the other girls, you know, he's 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 a famous one. There are many behind the scenes who are, in, who are way worse than that. Um, to me, in my experience, I was invited to something with actresses. Everyone would know were there. I was I was in that world for a while. Um, and, uh, you know, there is a there is a powerful group. Uh, a lot of them are lesbians. Uh, that doesn't mean anything. I'm just saying that they happen to be very powerful, uh, a lesbian group of very powerful women in Hollywood. That's where I uh, knew that this was going on. I was invited to something else, a dinner party, a women's only dinner party, where halfway through, you know, weird channings going on. And what's weird is that they knew that I would be like, what is happening here? So I wasn't invited. It's funny. I'm very good friends with Roseanne Barr. And we always laugh how like, why weren't we invited? But we know why we weren't invited. <laughs> but I happened to have been at one where there was uh, chanting. There was crazy stuff going on. I believe that a lot of these women in this are blackmailed. But because they, you know, I think with the story of Nexium and DOS and all of that is a lot bigger than people think. And, and. You know, and, and it's very unfortunate. And uh, like I said, the, the best place to learn about this is when you actually go through recovery in Hollywood, because you will meet people that, like I, I always say on my show, my country is as sick as its secrets. Well, so are most people. And um, but um, there is uh, a, a occult, satanic, you know, type of uh, witches coven group that uh, does include very famous actresses. And I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg if they were invited into that group and became that, or they were in that group and became 
the actresses that they are now that because you know people have to realize there's thousands of actresses but it appears that only 50 of them ever work <laughs> so, that is weird we had an expert on and an author who said that courtney love was involved in a lot of stuff have you ever looked at her yeah i mean i mean i i crossed paths with her in my past i crossed paths with her very young on a movie set when i was you know 19 years old um look I, like i'm saying i think they get to a lot of these people very young and like even with my own five hours of hell i can tell you uh Drugs, alcohol, self-medication, self-loathing, shame, guilt, humiliation. It's its dangerous as anything else. It is poison to the soul. And I think a lot of people never recover and never heal and therefore continue to uh, abuse themselves and then end up abusing other people. And, uh, you know, I don't, for when, when I look at her, I just think she never healed. Maybe what now. Britney, what about Britney Spears? You think she was MK altered? I think something terrible happened to Britney Spears. In fact, I, I know uh, quite a quite a bit about her past. But what I do think is that the entire free Britney movement uh, is not clear on how damaged she is. And, and I really fear for her. I always, I've said this for about 10 years. I interacted with her about 12 years ago when she was in recovery very early on. She's been in and out her, her entire life. Um, but I think bad things happen to her very young. You know, the younger this stuff happens, the more damage it does. Uh, it can do damage forever. Um, my feeling about her is that I feel like she's perpetually in danger and that she is not, um, whatever happened to her, the whole movement behind her has in, I feel right now that she's in danger right now. And, and, you know, the whole free Britney thing, I'm happy that that happened. And there was really actually another person uh, that was covered that, that was a manager of a lot of these girls that really should have been looked at. Um, people can look who, up who I'm talking about, but uh, had lots of connections with a lot of the girls. With, like, I feel Paris Hilton was terribly abused as well. Like, I, you just, these aren't what, what we are seeing, what they, they're normalizing something after they've already created it, like the Hegelian dialectic that we all talk about with the, the UN World Economic Forum cr crazy people and the manipulators is this is a, a, a I believe it is a model for control of the masses through these actors and actresses that they and musicians that they terribly abuse and manipulate. And then there is a therapy that kind of and I know MK Ultra survivors. There's a few of them because they're supposed to be killed by 30. But one of them is a good friend of mine. And I will tell you that they do um, put them through different kind of therapy, this kind of month long. A lot of when you see, I know this for a fact, that when you see people that go in and out of rehab over and over, there's many people that if you think about, you can think of. I, I would say that that's not traditional rehab and that there is a lot of uh, suppressing of memories, suppressing of situations. There's a lot of drugs involved, whether people took them purposely or were given something to calm them down or were, you know, slipped in their drinks. But there's a lot of um, Michael Aquino level MK Ultra mind control that goes into the manipulation of these actors and actresses and musicians. And then there's all the people in Playboy and in porn that you think they're there because they want to be wrong they're not. And a lot of those people. So, you know, there's a really ugly 
intertwining of psychiatry and psychology and mind control uh, that is inherent, is baked in the cake in uh, Hollywood. You know, I lived in Laurel Canyon. I, I always felt like it was haunted. So uh, there's a lot going on there. And, um, you know, I've talked about it. My whole YouTube channel was taken down because <laughs> I was talking about it. I didn't know the code words back then. But the truth of the matter is that I wish more people would talk about it. You know, somebody who's been really brave is Leah Remini. And her story is about one group. But I will assure you that at the very top, there are many groups, including Satanic uh, and OTO and outwardly, you know, people that idolize very, very powerful people. Aleister Crowley is their, is their God. Openly, they will tell you that. And uh, at the very top, these people all interact together, eyes wide shut style. And, and there's clubs and, you know, people just have to understand we got to take the power away from evil and give it back to real God given talented people to do good with it because it has been seized from God and from the people because all of us have that spark of talent and genius and God inside of us. And I believe that that is what they also go for. They don't go and destroy untalented people. It's usually the most talented people. That, that they really want to capture because they can get a lot farther. Like they talk about with the children, they can use them multiple times. Well, a truly talented artist or musician or actor uh, that they control, you know, it's worth its weight in gold. Next question is from Jake. What does Mel think about hoax allegations such as those against Marilyn Manson? Um, I don't know what the true story is about Marilyn Manson. I did talk to one of his... Uh, accusers. Um, but you know, that's very common. I know that there was a girl, I can't remember her name, um, on Twitter that was a big advocate. And then it came out that she had a story similar to mine. That was very, I believe a hundred percent because I lived it. Um, and she was really, really, um, thrown through the ringer. Um, I think her name was, uh, Elijah blue, Eliza blue or something. Um, her story is very common. This is not uncommon. There are, listen, Hollywood attracts predators. It attracts predators' praise. You know, go go watch like the movie, like um, the player or uh, swimming with sharks or whatever. These are these are very very mild situations. But in my opinion, I, I believe that there is a a top down. You know, we talk about the totalitarian. I say that our, our world and our country, and certainly my country, has been captured by a global elitist. Um, you know, oligarchy that are totalitarian in nature and want to control people as robots. Uh, and that is, it is, it is very bad there. And like I said, they don't just get the person, they usually get the family uh, and the family and, and the kids and everything. And then they get blackmail and the family and the kids and, you know, an actor's son is blackmailed or daughter is blackmailed. They're going to do anything. And, and all these people, I'm just telling you, watch the people that go in and out of rehab over and over. These are not these are not healthy people. They are people I believe that are captured. And, and I feel for a lot of them, even the biggest celebrities I know uh, behind the scenes. And then there's all the ones that work for the cult and they know exactly what they're doing. Those are the people that took the planes to the, to the different places that we've talked about in the past and, and knew full well where, where they were going and for what. We're you're getting asked about Corey Feldman. Just let the viewers know. I did interview Corey Feldman about this stuff. And we had to take it off YouTube. Well, YouTube took it off. And I think my interview's on Rumble with Corey Feldman, if people want to check that out. Have you got any thoughts on Corey? Yeah, I think he's a, a survivor, a big survivor. I think people should look back at uh, Corey Feldman's movies in the early 80s and 90s that we all watched as kids and wonder who was around them. 
because a lot of those real predators are still out there today pretending that this doesn't exist. And I would say, look at Corey Feldman's early movies and look at who produced them, who directed them, who wrote them. And uh, you will find uh, a lot of information there. But I think he's a he's and, and anyone that shoots him down. Look, uh, people have attacked me many times to do what Corey Feldman does is very brave. And I believe he lives with a lot of guilt because of what happened to Corey Haim. Um, I saw Corey Haim when they had the two shows. The guy, the kid was a disaster, a mess. It was very clear that he had been passed around Hollywood. And um, like I said, a lot of people are and um, men and women. And they some of them end up being you know, winning Oscars, most of them end up killing themselves or living a life of drugs, alcohol, and recovery. The question from I Love Animals. Mel, do you think it will come out about the tunnels? Apparently there's a network under the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, I do believe that will come out. I think a lot of people know about it. I know people that have written about it. I know that there's tunnels uh, in D.C. I know that there's tunnels in New York City. Um, yeah. And I think that these tunnels are, and there, there's a lot of tunnels underneath the border right now and have been there. So not only do, and yeah, I mean, you know that too. So yeah, I believe this will come out, but, um, the truth is that what's in plain sight is, is needs to be addressed as well. I, I think those tunnel networks have already been infiltrated is, is what I'm, I'm told. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, that that's that's a very convenient way to move around cargo. And to people that are predators, human beings happen to be cargo. Yeah, and I watched a fascinating program about a guy who went down in the tunnels under London. He ended up getting arrested. Yeah. But um, what he discovered down there, absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. So Eileen wants to know, is this all new in Hollywood or has it been going for years? From the beginning, I mean, all the way back, you know, the stories, if you really talk to people about Marilyn Monroe and, and all of that there, this has been, this is, this is baked in the cake. You know, it's the chicken or the egg who was there first. Um, but also Aleister Crowley and his, and Anton LaVey and Michael Aquino. I mean, these were celebrities in Hollywood. These are some of the most dangerous people that have ever walked this earth. And, um, you know, when I talk about Laurel Canyon or what went on there or what went on underneath there or, you know, there's this has been decades. And when I the, the, the satanic follow people that follow Satan or the Knights of uh, or the Templars or, you know, or any of the multiple cults out there or even the Manson family or any of that, that's all real. And you know why? Because people that are insecure, easily manipulated, that are, you know, artists, which tend to be very easily um, taken advantage of. Uh, true talent is usually people that are very fragile. Um, and I, I think that it's a it's a breeding ground and hunting ground for that. And I yeah, I mean, this is not new. This has been going on since since there were, you know, films without talking i mean look i'll go all the way back to charlie chaplin go to you know all these people they, these stories have go on forever but there's it's, it's something about people treating human beings as products you know products these these people are products i was just a product a lot of actors are just products and uh the system in hollywood needs to be burned to the ground uh, you know what? It was even better. But people should look into the studio system before the current agency system if they want to see. You know, um, I, I used to love the DVDs, especially as a filmmaker myself, uh, where they had the, the director's commentary. But if you go back to that time, one of the greatest ones is um, the director's commentary of L.A. Confidential. But during the time of L.A. Confidential, 
uh, th those years, the depravity and ugliness and sickness in Hollywood was at an all-time high, I think worse than now. So because there was no internet, there was no investigations, nobody knew, you know, and even even when when I was young in that, in that story about me, but there's thousands of others I, I know about, there was no cell service in the Hollywood Hills. You know, no, you couldn't call a cab. You know, now there's now there's cell service and, and Ubers. But this is in the last 10 years. You know, before that, many, many a person, you know, go watch that movie Mulholland Drive. Many a person has disappeared up in the Hollywood Hills, never to be seen again. So, I mean, this is not new. Mel, you're an amazing, fascinating, powerful speaker. So well researched. Really appreciate you spending time with us. Thank you. Can you tell the viewers where they can find you and support you? We have got your link tree uh, in the description box below this oh, video. Thanks. Thank you. And I, and I do want to put a, I do, I've gotten a lot of emails recently from people that are being triggered that are survivors of both um, the industry and the also of uh, the the cargo trafficking side of all of that or assault. So I am always open. You can reach me on my website, themelkshow.com. If I can't help you, I can lead you to people that are reputable and can. So uh, if you if you want to tell me, talk to me about you, uh, that is my mission. Uh, nobody can bring me down as long as I'm helping other people. And uh, I am at themelkshow.com. I also want people to know that I really went out of my way to put together a free resource page there where you can follow the money. All of this stuff, including what we're talking about with Hollywood and trafficking and everything else, is a small group of people. I have, I would say about 7,000 people that make money off of all of this, including the war and the Great Reset and the trafficking and the drugs and everything. Uh, Sean's written, <laughs> written books on it. But uh, as long as we know that we are the majority and that there are way more good people than bad and that we will uh, put this demon and this evil out in our lifetimes. Uh, that's all I care about. So thank you so much, Shauna Atwood. You have inspired me more than you could ever imagine. Your voice and your show has been uh, such comfort to me personally. And thank you so much. Oh, that's great to hear, Mel. Thank you so much. And have an amazing rest of your day. Really appreciate you coming on. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. What an amazing woman. Wow. She put everything into such strong terminology to reveal what these people are doing around the world. And we commend Mel. Her links are in the description box below the video. So there's no Patreon section tonight because Ash has got food poisoning. And if you've not watched The Sound of Freedom, then you might not want to watch plot spoilers because i'm going to say about a little bit about what happens to this woman because we didn't quite finish it i talked about in the sound of freedom you've got gazelle the character the model who's enticing the kids getting their families to come and drop their kids off for modeling and acting opportunities the show starts with her telling the dad to come back at seven and he drops them off at five something like that when he comes back at seven, they're gone. He's pounding on the doors, pounding on the doors, pounding on the doors. And that is the moment your heart breaks in this movie for the dad and your blood just boils here on out for the rest of the movie as Tim Ballard enters the picture and tries to get the kids back. So I finished off saying that she was a former beauty pageant worker. She's in music videos for Grammy Award-winning Columbia musicians. All this gave her status to do this. 
But below the surface, she was nothing short of a monster. She used her good standing and credibility to lure kids from their families with promises of making them models. Instead, she sold them into the booming beep trade of Colombia. Her sickening network was finally blown by undercover OUR operatives. This is OurRescue.org. On the white sandy beaches of an island just a short boat ride away from Cartagena during Operation Triple Take. Officials began their initial investigation for Operation Triple Take the previous year following the movements of De Jesus as he frequently travelled back and forth between Cartagena and Miami. Authorities found the villains in this ring would spread beep recordings of kids and acquire new clients using a system of taxi drivers within the country. Often the kids would be given illicit substances um, before being exploited. These criminals tried to sell a 11-year-old, I've got to be careful what I say here, who was a virgin to a foreigner for $1,000 before the bust. When this information took OUR operatives to South America to investigate, they were introduced to Kelly Johanna Suarez through other members of the network. Suarez has pleaded not guilty and is awaiting the court's decision. However, her revolting crimes have been exposed and justice will be served. She's one of the main characters, one of the main villains in the movie. That's why I'm going over this sound of freedom. But it is a sobering reminder. Human transportation is an insidious crime that can happen anywhere. And the transporters can be anyone. She was in music videos. This is mental. Disturbing as it may be, it's not uncommon for them to use their own industries to drive a wedge between families. They pose as innocent coaches or casting agents and convince the kids that they need to travel, starting with a short distance and then moving further away. And I hope parents who are watching this are taking notes because I've learned so much from these interviews. I was so naive to the, the methods of the modeling industry. Um, parents who want the best for their kids take notes. Parents are reassured that all expenses will be paid and that their kid has the potential to become a star. Little do they know their love for their children is being weaponized against them. The villains create a false sense of trust and legitimacy luring their victims into their grasp. Don't ever let your guard down. Stay vigilant and protect your loved ones from these dangerous tactics. Operation Triple Take was a testament to the bravery and commitment of those who fight to end human transportation and save innocent lives. I'll put the link in the chat for these people because it is a very worthwhile cause. Now, if you think this can't happen in the UK, we recently did a series of interviews with Lee Marvin Hitchman and Kira out of Manchester. They came down to London to visit family members and 
they tell the story in the latest podcast we've done with them. While Kira is with the the the, the child, a baby, she turns around momentarily, and when she turns her around again, one of these transporters is almost got all the the seat where they fasten him in the seat open, and he's about to take the kid out of the seat. Her partner, Lee Marvin, suddenly gets bumped into by another one of the transporters to distract him, who throws his hands up in the air and says, Welcome to London. They were seconds away from the kid getting snatched in London. This was just months ago. This stuff can happen absolutely anywhere and they are vigilant people there are professional people out there looking for you to take your eyes off your kid for one second that's all it was seconds and they can be gone like that and if you watch sound of freedom it doesn't show what they're doing to the kids but you know what they're doing to the kids and it's the most evil crime on the planet And these people need to be hunted down to be given life sentences and this evil needs to be eradicated from the earth. Thanks for watching. Atwood Unleashed 107. I'll see when I can get Steeples back. And we've got um, Sunday night, we've got a guy who ended up killing a psychopath who his wife, his ex-wife started dating this psychopath. The psychopath tried to kill him. And in his own home, and he shot him dead. We've got that one coming on. Three hours long. It starts out with the 911 call. It's brilliant. Wade Williamson. And then I think we've got a royal mess coming out on Saturday uh, night. We might get some wedger out, out before the end of the week. And on Monday night, we've got two English guys who ended up in a gang infested Florida prison. Most of our streams, podcasts go out seven, eight at night. I'll try and get Steeples back on Saturday to do Royals and Rotters Part 3. And thanks for all the well wishes for Jen. Really appreciate that. Our big baby is going to be coming out within the month, we reckon. And if you've not subscribed to the Atwood Family Channel, we've actually got two videos up there now uh, where we're doing family content on the Atwood Family Channel. So, yep, get well soon, Ash. I think he's in bed. It's the middle of the night in the Philippines. So, much love and respect. Please like. Share, subscribe, help us with the algorithm. Take care wherever you are in the world. Hope you're having a great day, despite all the darkness.